Welcome to Waypoints, the podcast of fly fishing travel, with helpful travel tips, news and events, destination profiles, great stories, and expert advice from seasoned and experienced traveling anglers. This is your backstage pass to the world of fishing travel. Waypoints is fueled by adventure and brought to you by Yellow Dog Fly Fishing, a hands-on specialty travel and booking company that delivers the industry's very best insider knowledge, logistical support, and trip preparation. Freshwater or saltwater, international or domestic, Yellow Dog has you covered. And now your host, Yellow Dog founder and director, Jim Klug. So welcome to Waypoints. I'm joined today by Devin Vandermerva, the group fishing manager for all of Alphonse Fishing Company's operations in the Seychelles. Devin has been guiding for close to 15 years all throughout Africa, with most of those spent in the islands of the Seychelles. Currently, Alphonse Fishing Company has a footprint that includes five different island operations throughout the Seychelles, including Alphonse, Cosmolito, Estove, Poivre, and De Roche. There are few people on the planet that know this region and Seychelles fishing like Devin, and we're excited to have him on the show. So thanks for being here, Dev. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for making the time. Very excited to to share a little bit of that paradise with, with all the listeners. I think it's... Uh, Something definitely to talk about and um, ready to rock and roll, yeah. Well, it's it's one of the regions we get a lot of questions about, so we appreciate you sitting with us today. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Dev, kind of where you grew up, where you're from, and how you originally found your way to fishing. So the the backdrop of my, my fishing career is actually, it obviously started off with my dad, and that's how it all happened in a very small little river um, in a mining town in South Africa, so really not as pretty as the waters around Montana and so on, but it's a, it's a river and it's got fish and that's where it all started and quickly moved uh, away from my engineering um, commitment towards my future and um, started working in Zambia, in the upper Zambezi, western parts of Zambia, catching big tiger fish and um, setting up remote fly camps and finding new rivers and just fishing really hard for, for tiger fish and Fly fishing was the, the main way or had to introduce it to that area, which really helped a lot. In that way, I met a lot of people that um, have fished the Seychelles before and um, through, through a bit of time spent there, managed to find my feet in the Seychelles and it's been, it's been almost 15 years, 12 years there now. So It's been a good run. It's been an awesome run. The, the destination is just something that, that's mind-blowing. There's not, not too often that you can wade in water up to 30 centimeters deep and see big giant trevelli smashing bait fish so that's right that, that's what keeps you there well you've had an interesting background a lot different than you know a lot of us that have grown up in the u.s or in the western u.s yeah, and, and how kind of we came to fishing but uh, mm. how would you describe your your present occupation dev and what does a a year in your life typically look like so all of it is amazing um <laughs> <laughs> that's the main thing but Basically, my, my, I used to guide a lot and still do quite a bit. But um, when we realized that we've got uh, option yet to, to build a business up and really create a good experience for any type of guest that comes to visit, visit us in the Seychelles, we, we needed to build a team that can focus on various ex- aspects of these fisheries. And um, 
So we don't really like to throw a rank around or anything like that. But currently, I'm the, the general manager of Alphonse Fishing Company. And with the help of um, Keith Rosinas, that's got that great background and great followers, and a and a guide team of forty eight guides that we that we run throughout the Seychelles, this um, it keeps you on your toes. And um, our main our main thing is just to make sure that the guests have a great experience, they're safe out there, and we protect the fisheries. So all in all, in all a year, if you're lucky, you can get about you can get about three weeks off. Um, where you're not involved with any fishing, but usually in that time you end up packing the boats and going somewhere else to fish. Yeah, or you come and visit us here in Montana (laughs) and spend your vacation fishing. Yeah, which which has been phenomenal. (laughs) Well, that's perfect. So I want to back up for just a second. For for those that have not really heard much, or actually I should say that they've heard of the Seychelles, but they didn't pay much attention in high school geography class. Explain, <laughs> explain to our listeners where exactly the Seychelles are. It's in the middle of the Indian Ocean Basin. Um, it's basically just northeast of Madagascar. So everyone knows Madagascar. That's where the famous movie is from. So just northeast of that is Seychelles, and it's got a selection of um, lots of volcanic islands. Um, 114 of them, uh, Mahe being the capital of Seychelles, which has got a population of about 80,000 people. So it's a small population. Um, the smallest Republic, country in Africa population-wise. Absolutely, yeah. And that's, uh, the Mahe, the capital, is sort of the, the hub of the Seychelles, and that's where you'll most probably find yourself before coming over to some of the outer islands that we specialize in. And these outer islands are managed by the Island Development Company. And then we're getting involved with uh, the conservation and the protection and just the the um, safe conduct of, of great fishing trips. Um, each one is a little bit different, um, but Alphonse Island is sort of the base and that's where it all started from. And we've um, realize that there's an option to, um, you don't have to always just go fishing by yourself, come home and then your wife wants a new bathroom and tiles and a new driveway. You can actually um, get it all done at the same time where you take your whole family fishing and not just fishing. There's various other things to do as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Alphonse has for sure become kind of your flagship operation. Um, and, but we'll talk in a, a little bit about yeah. some of the other out island options. But you know, the Seychelles overall is it's it's a tiny country population wise and, and landmass wise, but it's super spread out yeah. throughout its footprint in the Indian Ocean. It's Absolutely, really like some of the area. the destinations that we operate on, like Cosmolito, that'll be a three hour flight from Mai with a little Cessna nineteen hundred. Um, so it is quite a um, logistically challenged area to to operate in but uh, we've ticked all the boxes and all you need to do is just jump on the plane and, and come and enjoy just get to my it just get you to got my. it from there well so you guys presently run five operations yep. in the seychelles you've got alphonse cosmolito a stove poivre and then you run the fishing operations for de roche yeah that's correct so we've got um Alphonse as the flagship company, or that's where the base is, that's where we've learned all our little tricks of the trade, and, and um, that's where it started off with. And then Cosmolito and Astove, which is um, it's a, it's another hour and 25 minutes from Alphonse. And um, Darosh, we've recently taken over the management of the fisheries um, through Four Seasons, which have recently bought the island. 
And uh, yeah, that's that's going really well with uh, little private excursions or let's say um, bespoke trips to destinations like Poivre where we're targeting Indian Ocean or Indian um, Indo-Pacific Pacific yeah. permit and that's really well known for that. But generally speaking, um, throughout each destination, they've got a bit of a, a different character to it. It's a different ambience. It's a different vibe. But the, the teams that operate there are really the, the best the best in the market. And, um, and it's yeah, a big we're team. proud of it. I mean, you're, you're GM of an operation that you know, spans over these five different out-island operations. It's a yeah. massive team. You just said a moment ago, 48 yeah. nights. It's amazing. That includes the, the captains and deckhands and the team that actually makes your experience work. And, uh, yeah, without them, we obviously cannot do this. And we've, we've grown up in the Seychelles with these people, and um, it's just amazing that they, they keep doing what we all love and they see the bigger picture. Well, that, that brings up a good point, Dev. I mean, it seems like the Seychelles as a fishery are in so many ways kind of in a totally different league, certainly with regard to reputation and angler perception. I would say that even for those anglers that have never been there before, most know how unique these islands are. They've kind of heard of the reputation. Why do you think this is, and what is it that makes the Seychelles as a fishing destination so special? The one thing, Jim, is that if you if you imagine this little picture that I'm going to try and explain now, it's just shallow shallow water, crystal clear shallow water, um, vast open sandy flats, uh, as far as the eye can see. You're not sharing that place with anyone else except for the selected few lucky rods that we've allocated to the destination. You've got palm trees, you've got vulcanized coral rocks, you've got um, wildlife, uh, the best bird life that you can imagine. You've got turtles, um, sharks, you've got everything that's alive out there right at your feet. And you get to experience and share that whole atmosphere with with um, everything out there. And nothing beats that backdrop and a professional guide or a good buddy that you're fishing with, catching a beautiful bonefish, sight fishing to it, taking a quick photograph and releasing it. That that just ticks all the boxes. So Seychelles, um, comparing that to any other saltwater destination, it's got its own unique way. The food, the um, the, the the culture, the, the people of the area, the history of it and the history of these islands are so incredible that um, you, you literally do feel like you're the first human ever there. And it, it's that feeling is really special. The also, the people that you end up sharing this with, um, you're most probably going to go home with 48 new friends. So. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, you just touched, I mean, so pristine. Um, and it's really carefully managed. And mm-hmm. we'll talk a little bit about that later. But one thing that, that definitely makes the Seychelles unique, and you touched on this a little bit with the wildlife and, and the bird life and whatnot that's found over there, but certainly the diversity of fish species. Would, uh, is it safe to say that there's nothing else in the world of fly fishing that compares to what you find over in the Seychelles? Absolutely, Jim. The, the amount of species that's available to any any form of angler, whether you're a beginner, whether you're a professional, you've been doing it your whole life, or it's your first saltwater trip ever, you're going to be blown away. The amount of bonefish that you can catch within the first four or five hours of the day, it will be the most you've ever caught in your life. And that's um, that's kind of where it started. In the beginning was with the bonefish. Absolutely, yeah. That's where it started. And then uh, we've got guys that pioneered patterns to 
target species like milkfish, um, the giant trevelli, the triggerfish, the Indo-Pacific permit, um, the offshore fishing for wahoo on fly, sailfish on fly, all of those things are just unbelievable. And it really doesn't matter what your skill level is. Um, you've got a guide that's very patient. They actually prefer you not to have bad muscle memory. We'll <laughs> no get, bad habits. We'll right? get you going. Yeah. And uh, just remember not to lift that rod. That's right. <laughs> So, I mean, just here's, I'll put you on the spot right now, Dev. If you had to guess like on a one season, what's the, the total number of different species that are caught on a fly in one of your sea salt fisheries? What, that, what might that look like? Yeah, that's the amazing thing. As I said earlier, it's actually just growing. Um, four or five years ago, we would be releasing between twelve and 13,000 fish, successfully caught and released. Um, this last season, we close to 19,000 species that we've caught. 19,000 fish. 19,000 yeah. fish, yeah. And and I think the last time I was over with you guys, one of the guys was telling me it was something like 65 totally different species when you count all the little grouper yeah. and the wrasse to the different trevally and everything else. I mean, it's dozens of different fish that can be caught over yeah. the course of a trip. And they're all beautiful. They're all incredible. So um very often, if the tide's out, there's not much happening on the actual flats. Then we, we hit some of the coral bommies, and then you get all these colorful, beautiful species. And it, it's just great memories. doesn't matter what big trophy hunter you are. Nothing is going to beat that little moment of you sharing with that beautiful, colorful fish. And the reef species are incredible. And that's why the whole fishery is so healthy, because the reefs are so well looked after. And we, we're very lucky that it's pristine and, and untouched. I always tell people that... When you go to the Seychelles, it's a little bit like fly fishing in a Dr. Seuss book because you're going to catch the known species like, you know, bonefish, you're going to see GTs, you're going to see permit. But then you'll be out with a guy, like you said, maybe on the bombies, you're fishing, mm -hmm. you pull something up and as it, as it comes close to the gunwale of the boat, you're like, what is that? <laughs> and it, it looks like I, I gave my young kids a box of crayons and, and paper and said, draw fish out of your imagination exactly. and, and those are the kind of fish you catch exactly. over there and it's insane it's so beautiful and it's uh, it's a great way to just kill a couple of minutes over lunch just to just to experience that mix it up find, find up the diversity mm. now we got to touch on this because we talked a little bit about the bonefish some of the species but the seychelles i mean if there's one fish for the american angler that really the seychelles are known for it it would be the gt the mm -hmm. giant trevally mm -hmm. and explain to us i mean for, for those that haven't caught GTs or haven't seen a GT in action, what is it like? What What's that kind of 20-second window like when you spot a GT, cast to them, and then what happens? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's complete controlled chaos. That's, that's the main thing there. And um, I always say remember to calm your guide down because that's usually where, where we get very excited. Um, uh, to see a big GT hunting on the back of a ray or you see one close close quarters close to you, um, there's a lot of things that need to take place quite quickly. So um, obviously we get a bit excited, everyone gets a bit rattled, but it's the moment you've been waiting for. And if it all works out, it's it's mind-blowing. So the best, the best thing for GT fishing is that you can't really practice at home how to catch GTs. The best thing to do is practice a little bit with the heavier rods, like a 11 or a 12 weight, the, the bigger rods, things that we're not always used to put on a big, big fly and, and try and make a couple of shots on the lawn and just, just get the grips of it a little bit because that's going to really help you with shot placement and um, distance is not always the, the main thing. It's managing your line 
and um, making sure you get good contact with that fish when he eats. And it's very difficult to stay calm, and we don't want you to stay calm because that's part of the the deal. And uh, if you miss the first one, then you'll just turn around and like, when can I sign up for the next one? You know, that's how it is. <laughs> and you talked about, you know, pra- practicing your casting and distance. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, you know, accuracy is obviously important. But with GT fishing, really it's about speed. And that means yeah. getting that fly into the cone of vision of that fish as quickly as possible. Absolutely. Because when they see it and light up on it, it's unlike any eat in yeah. the world of fly fishing. It's a dead, dead duck. It's done. So um, you need to get your hand on the line quick enough you need to know where your fly is and you need to at least know what's happening around you so that you're not standing on your line. If that fish eats, you're going to be blown away. He's going to have 30 foot of slack line that's lying on the deck on the reel within a second. You're going to have a, a, a bag or a boot or a glove or anything wrapped around it. It's gone. In it. And you can hear gunshots on the water, line, fly lines breaking. Yeah, fly lines snapping, yeah. rods breaking. They, Absolutely. I mean, they've earned that nickname, the gangster of the flats, for Definitely. a reason. They don't mess around. But you, you can see, you know, fully grown anglers who, you know, are as macho as it gets. They've been all around the world just reduced to, <laughs> a, you know, a, a quivering mound of jello after a GT eat. Definitely. It, it, it makes for great conversations. And if you're lucky enough to get your hands on one, it's going to change your, your whole approach in saltwater fly fishing. Yeah, they're, they're such a unique species and, mm. and uh, nothing quite like it in the world of saltwater fishing. So of, of you know, all of the established out-island fisheries, in the Seychelles, everything you guys manage, they're all great. And, and you run them as angling destinations for a reason. So they're all productive, but they're also incredibly different. And, and talk a little bit about that. The, the main thing that, that keeps us going here is the, exactly that. Each destination is completely different. And the only thing that we're going to stay in as a, our trademark or our signature is the quality of our food, the quality of the accommodation, the friendliness of the team, the professionalism, the whole, uh, everything that's controllable, that's going to be the same. That's going to be mind-blowing. The destinations itself takes care of themselves with the beauty of it, the history of it. Um, Destinations like Alphonse Island, where it's really well set up for family excursions, uh, for the leisure market, um, and fantastic fishing, whether you're fishing Alphonse Island or St. Francois Island right around. So you can still do all of that and have a very comfortable uh, accommodation, really, really nice rooms, um, some of the best chefs, uh, Creole cuisine with a combination of everything else in the world, just really fresh, good, wholesome food. Um, that whole combination and the ambience of the the evening activities that just creates the perfect holiday. Well, and what I love about Alphonse Dev is so often, and you mentioned you know family trip bringing non anglers along. So often, when you find a destination where that works for the non anglers, you are at that point compromising the quality of your fishing. You're like, well, it's not a hardcore destination, so I'm gonna have to settle for not great fishing, but everyone will be happy. At Alphonse, that's not it's the case not, at all. Because we, we limit the rods. So yeah. you, you've got a rod limit. Um, and to be honest, you'll be lucky to get in within two years from now. It's not easy. You need to you need to hustle right now <laughs> to, to get your slot. It's, um, yeah, destinations like Cosmolito as well, um, for the adventurous, the, the, the guys that want to get out there, great fishing, fantastic scuba diving, 
um, it feels like the Galapagos when you're out there. And that's, if you want to explore that with a stand-up paddle boards, with a um, guided snorkel trips or scuba diving, or you want to get involved with a reef flats expeditions with a, a marine biologist that tells you everything about what you're looking at at the moment, those kind of activities are just unbelievable. And you're out there in the middle of nowhere. There's no one else around you, not sharing it with anyone except the little group of people that you're with. So under no no um, means would it be limiting yourself as a fisherman if you bring the family with. Um, they're going to be looked after, and the, the kids and the wives, they, they, they always tell us that after the trip, they say, I just wish I knew I, I would have made friends with other ladies here. I thought I'd be sitting on my deck the whole day reading a book, but... All the activities that's uh, it's available, you don't get chance to read much. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and more and more, the the you know the wives are the ones that are out fishing. <laughs> it might be the guys that are sitting back. They and, mostly and catch they the bigger fish. A though, book. That's that. right. That's yeah. right. So it's 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 amazing to see um, not just the diversity of species, but the diversity yeah. of anglers that are getting Absolutely. out there these days, which is yeah. awesome. And then you got you know destinations like Astove, which are you know definitely more hardcore fishing focused you've got destinations like poive where mm. you go there because you're a permit junkie and Absolutely. you're there to chase permits yeah. so again all of these destinations are incredible in their own right but they're all very different and they yeah. all have different aspects and uh, exactly like cosmolito has now got this eco development where we've put up these pods which is an amazing experience out of uh, shipping containers and it's it's just ticked all the boxes like everyone loves it and it's uh that that's a great adventure to go on. Um, Astove, it is more for the sort of uh, adventurous uh, hardcore fishermen. A lot of walking, wading on jagged coral rocks, catching amazing fish, like really experiencing that. And and that's personally for me one of the destinations that that it really does feel like you're the first fisherman ever here or the first human ever there. It's rugged. It's, it's rugged yeah. in it. It's it's awesome, really good. The the poa fishing is uh, out of this world. The the amount of permit that we've seen there is just unbelievable, and it's uh, yeah, it's quite an exclusive move. Well, and we talked about a little you know options for the non anglers, the family members that don't fish. Um, we talked about how there are islands that are perfect for that because there is so much to do. But again, you know, you're not sacrificing the quality of the fishing for those that, in the family that do want to fish. And that's something that's, that's hard to find these days. Absolutely. No, I agree. So I want to switch gears just a little bit, Dev. And, and one question that we get all the time with people looking to book the Seychelles, I know you get this as well, is, of course, the best time to come, the best time of year, what's the peak season. What are your thoughts on, on that question right there? Yeah, Jim, I think um, any time from October all the way to the end of May. That's your time frame. That's when the fishing is great. Um, the fishing is good straight after that as well, but you're going to be dealing with a little bit of extra wind. But um, that's the one. I would um, consider January, February as your sort of rainy season. But again, we seven degrees south of the equator. So a rainy season there is just a, a quick squall and it's gone. So you still have fantastic weather. Um, yeah, there's, there, it's brilliant weather throughout the time and you've got various species that spawn and you've got pre and post spawning behaviors, things like that, that last for two weeks, three weeks, and then it changes up. So it's very difficult to pinpoint that exactly on, on what's happening there. But generally speaking, um, every single species that you would like to target is available every day. And Certain that, pelagic fish move through and yeah. they 
they they have got their times when you when you're keen on those things. But October to May is your it's your it's your stint. And and really, as you said, any time during that big window can be great. Yeah. I mean, there's factors like weather, yeah, um, wind. Um, you know, visibility overcast that that can make certain weeks more difficult than others. And that's, you know, anyone that's a saltwater angler appreciates that. Absolutely. And when you travel halfway around the world, you you have to be okay with that because as you were saying earlier, a lot of things can be controlled. But, you know, we're still trying to figure out a way to control the weather. And and once we know that, then I think we'll we'll (laughs) be the only one in the game at that point. Exactly. No, (laughs) definitely. So... Uh, that brings up another point. Uh, let's talk specifically about tides, because that's another question that you know anyone who's done a little bit of homework on the Seychelles seems to get pretty fixated on the question of tides, the cycles, the windows. Talk to us a little bit about your your theories on tides. Yeah, Jim, the, the tidal movements uh, for each destination is also quite important to keep in mind. Um, each, each atoll fishes differently with different tides. Um, it's just the way it's geographically laid out. And the, it's important to mention, by the way, yeah. that you know if you go to a place like the Yucatan or the Bahamas or Belize, you may see tides that are fairly minor, you know, 6 mm. inches, 12 inches. The tides in the Seychelles are legit. We can get up to a three-meter tidal change from a low tide to a high tide. Three meters, that's a lot of movement. And that can bring in a lot of food, a lot of fish. It can, um, on the neap tides, for example, let me go through both scenarios. So a spring tide is usually uh, on a full moon where you've got a lot of water movement between a low tide and a high tide. So um, throughout your day, you're going to be you're going to have to move spots to spots to spots quite quickly to follow that that water that's moving quickly so it's a it's a um, a very involved tidal phase you have to be on it you're going to keep going keep going keep going then you hit low tide then you've got time for a quick lunch break and then the tide starts pushing back up again so it's a really active tide um it brings in a lot of food it brings in a lot of fish from the outside coming over the reefs and also a lot of fish then drop out of the lagoon to go and explore the reefs and come back in. But you get pushed around a lot in springtime. You, you move around a lot um, and very often your your spot selections are quite short where you're going to have to move with the tide even though the fishing is firing. It's the best moment you've ever had. Your guide's going to tell you, let's jump, we need to go. And you race down 20 minutes to another spot and then boom, you have the same experience again, and then you race down again, and then that's when your guide, <coughs> excuse me, really knows what, what he's doing. If he, if he can follow the water like that, that's the essential part of it. On the neap tides, we um, experience slower moving water, but then your species like triggerfish and permit and bonefish, GTs, all of that, they actually spend more time on the flat. So once you find fish, you can you can stay with them for longer, and you end up fishing for them much more. It's a much more relaxed move. The fishing is incredible. Where you, um, you can post up a little longer. Absolutely, and, and you yeah. can. It, it's a it's a very similar, I would say, to a Bahamian or so move that that um, people might have experience with. So, I would definitely. Um, I I don't prefer a single phase. I like both phases because each one is unique. Um, there's nothing else that. Uh, really makes a big difference to your to your trip and very often um actually 80 percent of the time you're going to experience half of either or because uh every second week you've got a spring tide so every every half a week you've got a neap phase so you're going to end up jumping 
two days or three days of a neap and three days of a spring and that's the ideal kind of wheat because then you experience the whole thing and you, you get to get to areas of these atolls that are not always accessible um, throughout the big spring tides. You know, We always tell people, you know, there, there are pros and cons to both. Yeah. But there's a lot more pros. And, Absolutely. And, you know, I don't know that one is to be avoided. It's just mm. going to be a different experience. And, you know, it brings up a great point because the Seychelles, for most American anglers, it's a long journey. It's not a hard journey, but it's, yeah. it's just a long journey. And so you go all that way and more and more, Dev, we're seeing anglers do back-to-back two-week trips exactly. where you literally experience every different dimension of those yeah. tides over that two-week period. That's that's the key. And I always tell people, like, come for 10 days. If you can do a 10-day trip, if you're lucky enough to get away from work for more than 10 days, that's the way to do it. If you are planning to do a week trip, that's 10 days traveling because you want to be comfortable, you want to climatize, you want to get ready. But if you're really doing it well and you've got the ability to do it, book a two-week trip where you can end up at either destination. You don't have to do two weeks at one destination. And that's the beauty of the circuit that we're running, that you do have the option to jump around from Cosmolito, Astove, Poivre, um, Alphonse, the whole the whole program. You can do it all in your two weeks. Um, it's just going to take a little bit of homework and um, figuring it out. But that's a very popular option with a lot of our guests and a lot of our returning guests they figured out this is what they want to do. This is how it works. That's right. And, you know, it is so important when when you talk about tides to remember that tides are one of the factors. You know, weather and wind and all these other things are going to play a huge role as well. So you can pick what you are convinced are the absolute peak tides for a certain species or a certain Mm. location. But when you get there, Mother Nature is going to, you know, deal several more cards in that hand. And so you just never know. Absolutely. That's fishing. That's fishing. Exactly. So... Speaking, you know, of fishing, let's let's talk equipment because this is another question we get all the time about the Seychelles. What are your recommended kits and the appropriate rod setups for a typical trip to the Seychelles? If you're going to go with, you know, a, a few different rods, a quiver of yeah. different setups, what would that look like? I would I would say a safe bet would be a, a eight or a nine, a ten and a twelve. Um, depending on your ability with the bigger rods, uh, you can get away with the eleven weight as well as your big rod. Um, if it's your first time fishing for giant trevally or um, big offshore species, then uh, if if you're not that comfortable with it, go go with the eleven weight. You can still get it done. But the go-to rod is a good twelve weight rod, a large arbor reel with really good backing on it. Um, don't go for anything that your local fly shops or so say, yeah, go try this out, um, give it a go and give us feedback. Don't do that. <laughs> Just go with some of the brands that's out there. Um, Brockers, so your GT rod is an 11 or 12 yeah. floating line floating and a GT-specific line. line. That's super important. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And you need to have a, a, a strong core, like up to 50 to 80-pound core. Some of the lines out there now go up to 100. The reason we're going with these big lines is because you get cut up by the by the GTs. They're so incredibly powerful there's nothing you can do to manage them at times, and they'll just cut you up. So they'll take you into the coral off the edge. Yeah. And then um, bring a couple of spare fly lines as well, just to to make sure you don't <laughs> run out. But then for your your daily um, species, a eight or a nine weight is fantastic. That's your go-to. Personally, I fish a, a nine and a twelve. That that works out well for your nine weight. You can target the bonefish. You can target good triggerfish species. You can target the permit. A nine wet's actually a very good all-rounder. And um, 
if you are planning on buying a whole bunch of rods, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't spend too much time in in uh, a class lower than nine. That 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 should be if you enjoy fishing for bonefish and you want to have a great time, an eight weight's fine. But you're going to battle a little bit with a bigger, bulkier species to to land them or, or turn them around on an eight weight. So nine, ten, and twelve is sort of your go-to. Yeah, and and typically when you're out waiting anywhere in the Seychelles, you've got a rod in your hand and you've got one strapped to the side of your pack or tucked under the shoulder strap. And and I know my go-to kit, I always have a nine and an 11. Yeah. And they're with you all the time because exactly. you may be walking, waiting at that nine. All of a sudden you look off the edge, a GT's coming at you. You literally drop the nine. You'll come back for that later. Yeah. You get out the 11 from under your shoulder strap and you're in the game, but you never leave the boat without at least those Absolutely. two rods. Absolutely. And that's, a, that's the golden rule. Never leave your, your boat without the 12 or the big rod because they'll pop up anytime. But that's exactly as you said, a, a nice combo that you're comfortable with. Um, you don't have to go and buy five rods to do this trip. Um, on all of our locations, we've got a, um, we've got a selection of rods that, that's free of charge. You're welcome to use them. And um, if you even have issues with uh, some of your traveling with a weight and so on, um, just reach out to us and we'll make sure we put a couple aside for you. But we, we fully set up with uh, enough rods to, to cater for all your needs. And to cover all your backups, which is huge. Exactly. That's the main thing. Come with your rods that you like to fish with and don't bring too many spares. We've got. You've got the spares. Mm. Exactly right. So what are some other key uh, pieces of equipment that are super important when coming to the Seychelles? I think sun protection is a major thing. Make sure you've got a good reef safe um, product. Um, try it out a, a couple of days before you go on your big journey so that you don't have any skin issues with it. Um, and then we've learned now recently, um, it's quite popular to have longs on um, or zip off pants. Um, but that gets a little bit uncomfortable and a lot of people tend to bring um, like yoga pants, which... Like the running tights running that you tights put under your shorts. Under your shorts. And yeah. that helps a lot with that, that sunburn on the back and of your And if you're a dude, please put shorts on top of your running tights. That's just that's, that's just a nice <laughs> thing for everyone. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's advisable. <laughs> that's <a> common courtesy <laughs> right there on the boat ride out in Absolutely. the Absolutely. <laughs> so that's important. Um, yeah, if you have got any personal medication, obviously that's essential to take out with you on the on the water every day. And if you do have any major allergies or anything like that, let us know before we take you out because that's sort of important to, to get to before we even disembark on this, this life-changing fishing experience. Yeah, you're far from home where you're going. And Big time. Bring yeah. it with you. Yeah, a good, right. a good Leatherman goes a long way as well. Yeah, absolutely. And rain, <laughs> rain gear, of course. Rain gear. I mean, the rain, it doesn't rain much during the peak seasons that mm. we talked about, but when the rains do come, it can be biblical. Uh, and it can be cold. It can be <laughs> yeah. freezing as well. So a lot of people think I'm going to the tropics. It's a quick shower and it's nice and warm. It's freezing out there at times. So good rain gear, small fold-away, pack-away styles. That's all you need. That's right. And a waterproof backpack, of course, to carry everything when you're out waiting for the day. Yeah, that's important. A good camera. Uh, there's a lot of waterproof cameras available. Um, a lot of our guides carry great cameras as well. And at the end of the week, you'll get a nice little card with all your all your best images of the week. And you can show that to your friends and family when you when you get back. That's right. Some for the gram, for sure. <laughs> so we talked a little bit about equipment, Dev. What what can people do at home, aside from having the right equipment and, and arriving with the right equipment, what are things people can do pre-trip to show up 
ready so that by day one they're in the game. What's your advice on on preparation before the trip starts? Yeah, definitely, Jim. I think the the just being prepared and making sure you've ticked all your boxes, you've done all your homework. If you're not too used to the big 12-weight rods or the big rods, the heavy lines, rig it up and um, make a couple of shots on the lawn just to, just to get the understanding of it and do a bit of practice before arriving. That's going to definitely increase your chances. Usually, your guide will appreciate it as well. Absolutely. <laughs> and usually you'll end up catching your, your trophy fish in the later part of the week because no one really practices earlier to, to be ready. So your, your first shot in the Seychelles might be at a trophy fish. That's you right. never know. So be prepared. Um, use whatever advice you can get from people that have got the experience. And, um, yeah, just, just chip away at that. You'll be, you'll be 100%. Trust right. your guides and trust your equipment. Arrive ready. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm going to throw a curveball at you here, Dev, because one thing I always like to do is a, a series of rapid-fire, quick-answer questions. I'm going to put got you on you. the spot a little bit here. I'm You're ready. not ready for these. But, uh, <laughs> so quick, quick answers to these questions. You pers- your personal favorite species to catch in the Seychelles? Giant Trevelli. GT, that's an yeah. easy one. Okay, what are your three go-to GT flies? Well, I like a topwater, a barrel popper. Um, topwater or any baitfish pattern, like a, um, a slammer, any natural color slammer, and then a big 8 clouser. Really? Yeah. An 8 clouser? Yeah. That's one you don't see on too many big recommended clouser. lists. All right, there's some <laughs> secret info right there. It's a good intel. What's your top fly for Indo-Pacific permit? Well, it's definitely the Alflexo crab. Um, I'd say clear with a couple of white eyes. All right. You got a face-off decision right here. You're out by yourself fishing the flats. Tiger shark or bull shark? Bull shark. You'll take the bull shark in, instead of the tiger or the bull shark you're more wary of? I'm more wary of the bull shark. The bull shark. Yeah. Okay, that's the one where you'll take the tiger. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. How important are good wading boots in the Seychelles and why? It's the most important part of your your, your kit list. Um, uh, you're going to be walking in jagged coral. You're going to be on sharp clams. Um, if you bust up your feet the first couple of days of your trip, you're done. So leave the neoprene little thin zip-up yeah. booties at home. Don't They don't work. If you're just planning on a nice little relaxed stroll on the beach, um, do that. But you need proper good boots and... Um, uh, if you really fish well, you're going to throw them away after that week. <laughs> They're going to be trash. They, they rip them up. That's yeah. right. The coral will get them. What are your, uh, your, what's your go-to sunglass lens for the flats in the Seychelles? I do a, a 580 amber with a mirror finish. Um, that's sort of the, the best all-rounder. If you want to get tricky, um, you can go down to the yellows and so on when it gets cloudy. But a amber or a champagne color lens with a mirror finish is essential. All right, you've been nine months on the island out there or in the islands. Yeah. You get home, what's the first meal you're going for? Steak, eggs, and chips. Steak, <laughs> eggs, and chips all in one order. Yeah. Okay, that's good. So if you're not in the Seychelles, Dev, what's your favorite place to fish? Well, uh, I would, I've spent a lot of time in, in Cuba as well, so that's a lot of salt water again. But uh, getting back to this, the freshwater side of things, I think our home, home rivers is really important to me. And... Taking a little ride out for, for an hour or so is, is definitely, that ticks the, the emotional boxes. That's what In I South need. In South Africa. In South Africa, yeah, absolutely. All right, last question. Drink of choice. You can have a Sabru or Brandevine. What are you going Yo, with? That's tough. I get aggressive with Brandevine, but uh, <laughs> Sabru keeps me going. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. So one thing, Deb, that, that Alphonse Fishing Company 
You guys have really been an industry leader in conservation. I mean, from things like rotating and resting flats on a regular basis, you know, strict barbless hook policies, a strict limit on the number of rods you will put into any given fishery in a given week, fly fishing only regs, of course, and, and one that's my personal favorite. I mean, you guys have made an insane commitment to the kick plastic campaign with all of your locations. Uh, you know, talk a little bit about the conservation ethos of Alphonse Fishing Company and, and why that matters in a place like the Seychelles. Yeah, Jim, first of all, I think it's all of our responsibilities to tick all those boxes, uh, not just in the fishing industry, but um, it's our time to, to realize that um, all these important factors actually do help us um, with our generations to come. And um, the kicking plastic thing that we've started, uh, we've literally changed everything up. Um, Yeti has been an unbelievable sponsor towards this. They've helped us out so well. But it's uh, it's essential to have these these things lined up because the amount of time you spend on the water um, talking about everything else except fishing is actually quite a quite a lot. And um, I think the people that we can reach out to whilst enjoying really what we're doing out there, it it sticks. And um, I think examples like that do do follow through. And I I really do hope that all the other um, destinations. Um, follow suit um, being in the Seychelles it's one of the world's most beautiful destinations um, we under the spotlight as well from the government and uh, we want to make sure that we we're keeping up our promise at the end of the day and um, setting up eco destinations and um, doing whatever we can to reduce our footprint is essential we've got the biggest solar plant in the Seychelles now which is a huge step already and we 84% off the grid so those are those are big investments, and um, that's all out of the the passion for these destinations. And I think the type of uh, crew that we have working with us, um, everyone feels the same. Um, and hopefully, you can go home with a bit of motivation and at least hand that over to one or two other people. Well, I, I got to say, I mean, at Yellow Dog, we book well over two hundred different destinations, Dev, worldwide, like twenty-seven different countries. And without question, what Alphonse Fishing Company has created um, from a, a conservation platform and a commitment to improving the areas in which you operate, it, it's second to none. I mean, you guys honestly are an industry leader in that. And hopefully, as you said a moment ago, you know, that becomes the standard mm. with which all of the fly fishing destinations and operations are, are yeah. run moving forward. We need it as an industry and we certainly need it as a planet. Absolutely. Can't agree more, Jim. Thanks for that. I think uh, everyone's really proud of it. And we, we're going to just need you guys to keep supporting us. And um, that's the way we can do it. So. We're looking forward to the next season. I think it's going to be an unbelievable um, stint. Uh, the boys are all getting fat on pizza and hamburgers at home, getting ready. So I think we, we're in for a good one. So to wrap things up, Dev, give me three takeaways, three key pieces of advice for anyone who's, who's planning or considering a trip to the Seychelles. I think uh, the most important part is to, to book early. Make sure you get your slot. That's really something that... Um, we, we get a lot of people really disappointed after they've heard about Alphonse or it's not that easy to get in. So book early, make sure you use an um, a agent or you use um, people that actually know what they're talking about so that you can guarantee your, your trip to be um, spotless. Then um, another important part would be to do your homework, make sure you've 
done your research, um, spend a bit of time on the websites, have a look at what's going on, um, watch a couple of the movie clips. You'll you'll get you'll understand quite a lot more from from doing that and what to expect. Um, and then a very important one for us, um, seeing that we are very um, we quite a logistical. Uh, Oh, you know, you're, as far, you know, you're as far away from really? anything as you can be on this planet. Really. Absolutely. Like, so so you, you, you don't want it to, to go bad. So have good travel insurance and just protect your investment. It's a, it's a long way to travel and it's going to be one of your best times of your life. Just make sure you, you protect it. You, you've got coverage on mm -hmm. that. So last question, Dev. Uh, what's next for, for yourself and for Alphonse Fishing Company? What can we expect out of the Seychelles in general in, in the years to come? Yeah, Jim, I, um, four or five years ago, I never thought that it would be where we are now. And it's obviously a big tip of that to everyone involved for making that happen. Um, but it's, I honestly feel like we've, we've reached um, what, we, what we've strived for. And now we're just going to focus on protecting it and, and slowly chipping away at that and keep, keep on setting those examples and, and just ensuring that every guest that comes there goes home with a fantastic experience. Excellent. Well, Deb, thanks so much for sitting down with us. I can't tell you much. We appreciate it. Uh, you're a wealth of information about fishing, what is truly one of my favorite places on the planet, and, uh, and absolutely a special destination. But uh, that's it for, for this episode of Waypoints, the podcast that is 100% dedicated to travel, adventure, and exploration. Visit yellowdogflyfishing.com to plan and research your next trip and sign up for newsletters and notifications of new podcast episodes delivered right to your inbox. Join us for our next episode of Waypoints. And remember, as we always say, no one ever regretted a life of adventure. This has been another episode of Waypoints, the podcast of fly fishing travel and adventure angling. Thank you for joining us and be sure to visit yellowdogflyfishing.com for more trip updates, travel news, expert advice, and adventure profiles.